Down in some orange juice. Probably just got out of the MMA ring. Beating fools up. How in the hell you doing? Nah, nah, it's that, been way that's, too that's long. To, that's tomorrow, man. That's tomorrow. <laughs> Still doing the MMA training then? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, man. You know, um, got some friends I grew up with that's in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So it, it's definitely a great way to, to uh, keep yourself in shape. I love it. We were just talking. I mean, that was one of the last stories. I think I did the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel before moving back to Buffalo. April of 2015, you took me through one of your rigorous workouts. And I'm not just saying it was rigorous. Man, I don't know how you do that regularly and did it regularly as a player. Uh, Holy hell, that was fun. What what did we do? I'm trying to remember. It was like a little MMA, some boxing, everything. Yeah, Yeah, it was just... You know, really just um, the MMA, some boxing. And what it was was to really build, like, to keep that killer instinct going, right? Because I, I wrestled my whole life. And I didn't realize this until I got to Iowa. But wrestling and football, they, like, go hand in hand, you know. And um, there's a – there's, like, a physical component to it. There's a uh, a mental Right. Like that, like being on the line is a combat sport. Being offensive lineman, defensive lineman, it's a combat sport. It's not unlike wrestling and boxing and those things. It's obviously not the same thing, but the mentality, like we're going to like fight each other straight up. You're bringing me back to the locker room. And for for those who don't (laughs) remember, this was who we went to. If we wanted the real, wanted the raw Green Bay playing in a lot of important games. I think I, I covered the team 2011 to 2015. And then you were there, I want to say, until 2018. And then Detroit and Cincinnati after that. Yep. 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 My last day was the first day of camp with um, when Coastal Flores first year. Right. So if if you wanted to know what was really going on with this team at this defense and uh, – you know, you would set the tone, I feel like. And we've talked about this, but those those teams that you were on were so good, won so many games. Yeah. You just missed the Super Bowl, yeah. obviously. But what, what kind of would always hold that defense back was a little bit of an edge in the playoffs in January. Sorry, we're jumping right into some bad memories there, Mike. But you 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 were trying your damnedest to bring that edge year round. It was like Punch in the mouth Fridays with Mike Daniels when we were when we were talking about that, <laughs> that opponent like Adrian Peterson's on deck. We're gonna punch him in the mouth. <laughs> but that's the mentality, and I, so that's how I was raised in New Jersey. Yeah. Even if my team wasn't good, I was just talking to a a coach who was a really good coach here for years, and he's he was my linebacker coach. Well, he was the linebacker coach at Iowa, but he was a great coach in this area for years, and. You know, we we were speaking, he even said like, or I said to him like, yeah, man, it's one thing that my high school, we weren't good, but we were tough. He said, oh, yeah, you guys are always tough. Didn't necessarily were the best players or, you know, good at football, but we were tough. It was going to be a fight at minimum. Our wrestling team, we had, you know, there's a like a a juvenile center in uh, my hometown. And like some of those kids was on our wrestling team and stuff throughout the year. So it's like. One thing that I knew was toughness. I went to Iowa. That's all we knew. Then when I got to Green Bay, that wasn't like the focus anymore. We had tough guys. We had tough coaches. I mean, Coach McCarthy loved that stuff. 
you know, but for whatever reason, it just wasn't our identity. And when I went to make it our identity, that was really off-putting, you know what I mean, to like most of the guys, which, it, you know, that was just, it was hard. It was hard. You know what I mean? I just, Why? I just Why would that be off-putting? Had that reputation. I, I don't know. I think a part of that is I was young when I was doing it, so it was like, who does this guy think he is? You just got here. Well, I'm a football player who I've been playing this game my entire life, and I've been playing it a certain way. And when I see that way not being exemplified, I'm a little confused when I'm seeing that the fundamental aspect isn't important or is less important to the scheme, hmm. you know, and I played at Iowa. We were top defense every year, every year. And the thing that we did was we, the fundamentals was so important. Film study of your opponent was so important. Sun Tzu, the art of war. Battles one before it starts. You got to know your opponent, right? It was guys who didn't watch film. You know what I mean? So it's like you had to know who you were going against. It's a fight, man. Legit, it's a fight without punches to the face. You see what I'm saying? And that's the mentality I took. And and I remember this, that's what we did at Iowa. Our coach had that up, the Sun Tzu quote up there, man. Know your opponent. Battles one before it starts, man. And we drilled fundamentals so heavy that we would line up in a base three, a four, three. We never blitzed. And it was like, stop us. We're better than you. We're bigger. We're stronger. We're tougher. Stop us. Just stop us. We dare you. We're going to play basic football. Cover two. Stop us. And then when I got to Green Bay, it was like the exact opposite. Right. I wasn't accustomed to that. And maybe I figured, well, maybe that's the NFL. Until I started looking around, I saw how Seattle, and that's when they were starting to come along, right? I watched, I, so my first two games ever, um, and well, three rather, it was the 49ers in 2012. I was deactivated for that game. Still pissed about that. <laughs> um, were you the, really? The Bears, I that. Yeah, the, the Bears on Thursday night and the Seahawks on Monday night. Those were my first three experiences in the regular season NFL game ever. So it's like, I'm looking at those three defenses, right? That 49ers defense with uh, Smith and Bowman and Patrick Willison, Deshaun, uh, uh, Dante Hittner, right? Then the next week I'm watching Peppers and Erlacher and um, uh, Briggs and Tillman. Then the next week I'm watching Seattle get seven sacks on us in the first half. And I'm like, I'm watching defenses punch us in the face, bro. Then when we played Detroit, I was like, oh, my God. That's the closest that I've seen to my high school Iowa defense ever. Like, these guys had some dirt bag to them. They kind of teetered that line, you know, but they intimidated. And I was like, well, then, dang, why aren't we doing that? Because we have the guys to do it. You know, I remember Morgan Burnett was at uh, Georgia Tech. He knocked one of our receivers out the game. Yeah. Then we had Ha Ha Clinton Dix. That's all he did. But then in Green Bay, it's like we didn't get to see that as much as we saw that out of them in college. You know, and that was that was always a little odd to me. Now I understand NFL is different, but I'm like, but I'm looking down the road and I'm seeing Cam Chancellor and all these other Dante hitting and I'm. We got guys that can do that, but why why aren't we seeing that from them? 
You know what I mean? It, it just, I don't know. It was strange. It was strange, man. So when I came in there with that attitude, it was like, nah, man, we're good. Like, stop with all that. Some guys, right? Then other guys was kind of like in private. Coaches? Right? Players. Players. But um, guys, uh, there were guys in private that were like, hey, man, keep that up. That's 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 good stuff. You know? All the coaches loved it. They They, they loved it. They loved it as far as I was concerned. Kevin Green told me before I took my first snap ever, said, you're, you're a guy that could have played with me, me and my guys in Pittsburgh. And I said, wow. You know, Alonzo Highsmith said to me, you remind me of Jerome Brown. Just angry. Because Jerome, you know, was uh, with him in Miami. So, and not to mention me and Moss, you know, the, the coaches, they all loved it. Turgle, he was crazy. Yeah. It, you know, so it, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was a, it was a, it was an odd dynamic, which was even worse because this is all, these are all great guys I'm talking about. I love you know? jumping right into this, Mike, because I feel like this is speaking to so many questions that have kind of gone unanswered for a lot of fans that look at the talent level on those teams and wonder just one Super Bowl. How did those teams not win more? And outside looking in, it's easy for us in the media to be like, well, you know, maybe Ted just drafted too many choir boys. Maybe they did emphasize character a little too much. Maybe you do need somebody with a little bit of a rap sheet. I mean, San Francisco, Seattle, they had they had some 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 bad dudes in there. But you're saying say the guys my, were I there. You the had you had drafted. the players. I seen a guy get drafted who had a criminal record in the uh, top rounds, and I was like, "You mean to tell me all those fights that I decided not to get into, and I'm still watching people still get rewarded, even though which." God bless them, right? That's their blessing. But I'm talking about where I was at that moment. <clears throat> but I'm a choir boy. Never been arrested, never been in trouble. Straight A student throughout middle school. Honor student in high school. Got my degree. Never been arrested. You know, worked in a community. I was a good guy. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, Thomas my- Davis... Yeah. Walter Payton man of the year, and he clocked Devontae out, out the game. So I'm saying it's like football's a light switch. You can be the nicest guy on the planet. I've seen guys that are straight dirtbags that are soft on the football field. And I'm like, man, you're the, you're supposed to be this tough guy, but you get on the field and get beat up. So I don't think it's necessarily like the type of guys. I just think, well, I don't think, because I, I still can't figure out. I just put a tweet about it. Like, I don't understand. So many different coordinators. So much different time. I played with Hall of Fame players, dude. But the best defense statistically I played on was in Cincinnati. They did not have the type of guys we had in Green Bay. All due respect to them. But I don't, you know, that Green Bay lineup we had, we got them beat. Defensive backs, D-line, edge, only position where Cincinnati probably had an edge on us and during those years is linebacker. And that's solely because we didn't have a true linebacker. We had Sam Barrington, but we only had him for a year and a, for, for half a year, really. Then we got Blake, you know, but then Blake, you know, I mean, he was paired with Jake, who wasn't really like a true inside linebacker. And so he was learning on the fly, which is hard in the NFL to do, <laughs> especially a yeah. premium position like that, you know? Yeah. And uh, Joe Thomas did a great job, but he was only relegated to third down. 
in passing down. So it's like, I'm saying I played with so much talent, including myself. But yet the statistically best defense that I've ever been a part of was Cincinnati the year we went to the Super Bowl. And I, I know, I, I can tell you that it was just a different set of guys talent-wise than we had in Green Bay. But the demand was different, though. I will say that. Mike Hilton, I think he might be the smallest player in the NFL, was single-tackling Derrick Henry off the edge. He's the best pound-for-pound defensive player in football, I think. He single-tackles Derrick Henry off the edge. He's like, you ain't stiff-arming me. You're going down. And I'm like, you see, he's allowed to kind of have that type of attitude and swagger. You know? I think the guys, they have it. Like I said, I watched Morgan firsthand knock our receivers out the game in the Orange Bowl. I'm like, who the hell is number one? He's killing us, right? I watched Haha. See what I'm saying? And then, like, all these defensive linemen we had coming in, the DBs, you know? But yet, you wouldn't necessarily see that once we got to Green Bay. And I I don't I don't know because you're you're hearing the same thing about them right now. Kenny Clark sounds like me. I was to get a mention like who's talking about me on Twitter. I'm not playing right now. And it'll be somebody saying Mike Daniel said this years ago. And now look at what they're tweeting to. And it's Kenny making a comment about we need to be tougher. We need more dogs. And I'm like, what the heck? I thought I thought that's what they did when they got rid of all of us and brought in all the new guys. See what I mean? So I got to ask you though, like who, it sure. doesn't make any sense. Like the way you laid out there, it, I don't know why any player in a sport like this would temper attitude, temper swagger, say to tone it down. Like I got, who, who's doing that? Like who's telling you, Mike, knock it off because that's exactly what that team needed, and that's exactly what this team probably needs. It was it was more of like, it wasn't really ever direct to me, right? It always kind of come back to me in a way like, hey, man, Mike, you know, kind of like tone it down a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Or, hey, man, Mike, you might not want to say this, which is all great advice, you know, from older players or like a uh, – like uh, 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 like an older vet guy or maybe a personnel guy or somebody like a coach like, hey man, Mike, you don't want to, you don't want to lose the guys, right? But I was just so bewildered over the fact that we're legitimately, I'm, I'm on a team that's considered soft. I've never been on a team considered soft my entire life. And I'm like, I refuse to have that. I, because first of all, those guys that I go to battle with that do all this hard work and all this hard training and everything that we do, the way we get scrutinized, no matter we win or lose, they don't deserve to be called soft because they're not soft. You were at our training camps. It was like fights every other day. But then the season comes and now it's like, oh, the Packers are soft. How are we soft? Well, we got to do something. I don't get it. 
I really don't. How are we soft? And and I, I never understood that. And I remember we had a, a, a coach, and I forget his name. I'm sorry, but he was, I believe he was assisting with special teams. And he came from the 49ers. This might have been in 2015 or 14. But I asked him, I said, Coach, man, so when you were with the 49ers, right, when y'all were beating us, you know, beat us four games in a row, week one and then the playoffs 2012, then week one and the playoffs again in 2013, I said, what was the deal with you guys? He said, well, honestly, we just knew you guys were soft. No, no. He said, we knew we were tougher than you guys. And that was like a dagger in my heart. I was like, no way. No way, man. Just because I've never been a part of something like that. Right. Like I said, I've been on teams that weren't good. But you knew you were going to be hurting after the game. You knew it was going to be a minimum of fight. And to hear another coach tell me, yeah, we knew you guys were soft. And as I've gone through the league, it's funny because the narrative changed honestly, the more of a presence I had, right, versus my first couple years because even to talking to some of those guys that played for Detroit or uh, in Seattle when they were beating us, right, yeah, we knew you guys were, were, weren't as tough as we were or we, we knew you guys were kind of more of a finesse-type team, right? Then I think in that 2015 year when Latroy, BJ Raji, myself, Mike Pinnell, Dayton – uh, Josh Boyd got hurt, unfortunately, but we were the defensive line, right? And then we had uh, Joe and at linebacker. Jake was a young guy. Um, what's his name? Blake or Blake wasn't there yet, but Clay was just shooting the gaps like a madman, you know. And we had our edge guys, Nick Perry, Mike Neal, and um, uh, Pep, obviously J. Rohn, you know, all these, all these tough players and then our secondary which had a bunch of all pros future all pros Casey Hayward Micah Hyde Tremont had just left you know but his, inf- his influence is still there and um uh Clinton Dix and Morgan Burnett who's one of the most underrated players I've ever played with you get what I'm saying and the young guys with Rollins and um Gunter and uh uh Randall right that's that's a good lineup and that year, I remember before we played the Broncos, we were the number one defense in the NFL at that time, right? And uh, that was one of the odd years where the offense had some slight struggles. But the defense actually, we were actually starting to really come along, you know? And when I would ask guys who played us that year, right, like those AFC teams, right, I think that 2015 year, the AFC teams would have been the uh, the AFC West, right? Right. Uh, those guys, the 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 talking point was different. It said, "Man, you guys, we knew you guys were tough up front. Yeah, y'all were young in the back end, but we knew y'all were tough up front. We knew it was going to be a fight." And when I started hearing those words, I was like, "Right now, now we're getting cooking now." Because see, you always got to keep your ear to the streets. You know, you got to know what they talking about. See what I'm saying? Because your reputation precedes you, right? So I always want to know, hey, man, so what's 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 the scouting report on us? So what's the deal? And it that we weren't tough stuff, that went out the window. 
And but like I said, they said we know you guys are young in the back end, but you're tough up front. And then that next season is when we, you know, we struggled mightily uh, in the back end. You know, we were like 31st or something, but we were eight in the run. Hmm. See what I'm saying? And that's with the rookie Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry and Blake Martinez. So, you know, the following end, the back end shorted up. And then up front, we were kind of doing this. And part of that, too, Aaron got hurt. So there was a lot more put on the defense. And we should have been able to handle that. Unfortunately, we didn't. And we fell back into being, you know, mediocre, mediocre at best. So... That that was rough, but but I will say the talking point was still the same. You guys were tough up front. We knew it was going to be a fight up front. You know, and when I was on my way out the door, I told Kenny and Dean, I said, guys, no matter what, just please just make sure y'all just keep being a-holes straight up. Because I told them when they got here, I said, guys, I'm more, I look forward to playing with assholes over football players. And those guys come in as rookies playing significant time, and we end up number eight run defense in the NFL. It's a mentality. Stopping the run and running the ball is a mentality. It really is. It's your will. Your your will, and then how are you going to, uh, how fundamentally sound are you? But but stopping the run is, is 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 all will. You did everything in your power early, like like you said. I can remember you being vocal early. It might have been even a couple years into your career. Gosh, My second the year camps. after the Lions game, because DeAndre Levy knocked one of our uh, receivers out the game. Mind you, Brandon Merriweather knocked out Eddie Lacy and tried to knock out James Starks, but James Starks ended up knocking him out. So yeah, I got a great That's memory. That's right. Yeah. Football. Yeah. So it's amazing. like. And then, you know, unfortunately, Jermichael's career got ended, which I think was more of a freak accident. But it's like still goes along the lines of like our guys getting pulled off the field because they got hit, you know. So I'm pissed. And I'm like, when are we going to punch somebody else in the face? So I'm tired of watching my teammates, my brothers, who I love, get carried out the game because they got hurt because the op knocked him out. And I took that personal. I'm like, you know, and that's where kind of some of the flags came in, you know. And and um that that just that that was hard, man. That was hard. I hated watching my brothers on offense go through that. And I wanted us to be able to implement that type of punishment, you know. But it seemed like that wasn't like on the forefront of everybody's mind. What was so on that, the that forefront? pissed you off though, seeing guys getting taken off the field, yes, other defenses man. punching them in the mouth. Yo, when Kenny Clark got hurt. By Jensen, Ryan Jensen, who Ryan Jensen, you know, he even said, man, I did not mean to do that. Whatever. You know, because he has has a rep. But and I, you know, I love players with a rep because I'm going to let them know it ain't going to go down like that today. But like um, Ryan Jensen, when that happened, I had I was on him rest of the game. I was on him rest of the game. And I even went to hardball. I'm like, hey, I yelled at him. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm bleep, 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 bleep. And he kind of looked at me. He said this. He said. You know what I mean? Because I figured, you know, he probably likes that type of stuff. You get what I'm saying? <clears throat> but I took that personal. I'm like, yo, you, you just hurt my little brother, dog. It's over with. You know, no, we lost the game, but 
whatever, as long as I beat him up. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I like to win, but there's other things in my that's out of my control with that. So I'm gonna make sure I win this battle right here. You know, so that's um I, I definitely I, I took a lot of things personal. And I think in a sport like this, you have to take it personal. You have to. You get what I'm saying? The best defenses take things personal. I remember um before we played the Raiders in the playoff game, Luana Rumo pulls up a uh uh, Derek Carr's interview. He was just like, I honestly just don't like how the guy's carrying himself right now. He just kind of has a smugness to him that says we're just going to win. In Green Bay, we didn't really acknowledge things like that. Not as like a whole. Every coach, every some coaches now and them kind of pull guys to the side like, yo, man, here's how you kind of need to you know look at this thing. But it's like I would try to bring things up, like when the Giants went on that boat, right? And I I took that personal. I'm like, yo, it's Monday. Looking at my watch, it's Monday. We over here working at work. Y'all on the boat? It's a playoff game. Okay, so you guys don't respect us. All right, solid, right? And I told Coach McCarthy, I said, Coach, man, I think we need to, like, put that up in the, in the meeting room and, like, let guys know, like, yo, these these guys don't respect you. It's a playoff game, and they're sitting out there on a boat. They're on a freaking boat with Trey Songs hanging out. And he said, he said, he just did one of these faces like, he said, you know, Mike, you know, I I I, I don't I don't you know I I I don't, I don't know if that's the if that message is going to really land. So he said something along those lines like. He wasn't sure if, like, that was going to have the effect that I wanted it to have. And sure enough, I would hear kind of some whispers. Dang, bro, yo, they, man. Yo, bro, dang, they're like, they having a ball, had, had some fun the other day. I'm like, maybe I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm getting old. Because that's something you're supposed to take personal. Yeah, yeah. You know? You got a playoff game, and all due respect to those guys, there's great players on that boat. You know what I mean? Victor Cruz and Odell, and <clears throat> you know, good players. But I don't know. I'm old school. That's the easiest bulletin board material ever, right? Like, why not put that up, piss guys off in a violent game? Say, look what look what the look what they're doing. But we never really hung our. We never did that in Green Bay. Board. We did not do it in Green Bay. And that was so odd to me as well. But I think because Coach McCarthy knew that's not going to land the way you want it to. But if you have and, the guys, like you said, it would land, wouldn't it? Would If you do have these gnarly players that you say are on that defense, I feel like you could tap into that. Yeah, but, I, you know, sometimes one of those things when you don't use it, you lose it. And I think because – guys haven't been doing that and playing that way for a while it kind of something that was so normal to them once upon a time just it just wasn't like that anymore for them because they're like oh well this is what i know football to be now a good example was you know haha haha ran downfield in practice as a rookie and this other guy was a rookie too but i remember we were in the indoor and you might have been there 
they did like a, a center pool or whatever, center guard pool. And you just see how I run down field. And he knocked Corey Lindsley off his feet, lit his butt up. And I said, yo, that's what we need here. And Corey's a monster, by the way. Just so you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but Haha was like, because I remember seeing Cam Chancellor do that, I think, to Seton Line or one of the guards from the Cardinals my rookie year. And I said, dang, how come I'm not seeing that? But, you know, that wasn't like encouraged the way it should have been. I'm not saying the coaches didn't do their job. I'm just saying as a whole that that wasn't like that wouldn't have been a highlight. Right. right. A moment like that should be celebrated in the moment. This is what we want. Rally around. Detroit, Let's go nuts. In Detroit and in Cincinnati, that's a clip that would have been played in the meeting room. Like, hey, here's how we want to practice. Now, the guy who got knocked out, of like, now, guess what? You know, you need to come back to practice. Now, we ain't headhunting, but you need to come back with some fire because you just got smacked around. So now you're breeding a guy to kind of actually feel embarrassed about something like that happening versus like, oh, it just happened. And that's why I made that comment going into my third year. Like, yo, I remember watching guys on the D-line getting pushed in the back after plays and stuff my rookie year. And that that made a lot of people upset. Nobody ever came and told me. But I know that made a lot of people upset. But I wasn't trying to talk down on my, my, my teammates, man. These are my brothers. I was just saying what I was noticing, and I said, that just has to change. Because you don't make it to the NFL by allowing things like that to happen to you. But that, if you are, then it's like, you well, why are you going to fight teammates, right? Yeah, I said, I punch. Well, no, that was a different comment. That okay. was the first one I said. I said, I'm going to punch you in the face if I got to to get you going, you know? But that was, that, that was, that was tough, man. That was tough. And, um, but I remember going back to Haha. I remember when he made that play on Gronkowski, right, in Green Bay. And he got up and he was like this and that all in his face and stuff. And you fast forward a couple years later, I'm chatting, chatting, you know what I mean, talking some some good garbage to Le'Veon Bell. And Haha's like, yo, man, Mike, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you ain't got to do all that. But like, Mike, I understand what you're doing, bro. But like, you know, chill. And I'm like, oh, what happened to you? What happened? That that ain't I I don't I wouldn't expect to hear nothing like that from you. See what I'm saying? Now, all obviously he probably's like, hey, I don't want you to get another taunting penalty because that dude was like my guardian angel. Him and Sam Barrington, you know, they they made sure I, you know, if if I got a little too far, they kind of pull me back a little bit. But you know, that's that's just called being a great teammate. You get what I'm saying? Amongst others, you know, but um, something like that. It wasn't something that was over the line. It was just regular, you know, good old chirping because Levy was chirping too, you know. But I was just kind of like, man, I wonder why he's not taking that kind of same approach he was taking when he stood over Gronkowski. Yeah. See what I'm yeah. saying? He kind of just like, decompressed to the, the atmosphere that was there when he could have been with you changing everything. And – he was, you know, it's just, I used to walk around and look at guys and wonder like, man, how come you're not mad at this? 
You get what I'm saying? Or how, like I remember when Cam Newton was doing all the dancing, BJ Rogers said, yo, we can't let him do that. But it's like, it's like nobody really understood that. You see what I'm saying? I remember like Clay was getting at it with Kelsey. We played the Chiefs on Monday night. And I'm just like, you will see these moments, you know? You'll see guys run up on the dude. and run. You'll see these moments. They will happen at, at times and in these pockets. And you'll be like, man, but we got to do that every single game, you know? Every single game be like that. You know what I'm saying? Because when we played Odell, them DBs took it personal, you know? But, man, you shut down Odell, but then Peyton Manning and Phillip Rivers and and both throw for 500, 600 yards in back-to-back games almost. And I'm like, but we play against Calvin Johnson, and it's like, I'm t- you ain't catching nothing. And that's what with us, too. It was like, man, hey, <laughs> Adrian Peterson, you about to have the worst game of your life, bruh. Marshawn, we're going to make you pull yourself out the game, bruh. But then we'll let, and this guy is a he's a he's a good player. Don't get me twisted, right? But we'll let like you know, an average running back somehow get a hundred yards, right? We'll let a guy who's like who's good, but not he's you know he got he's just not Adrian and Marshawn, right? Um, get a couple big runs on this like wait. But we didn't let Marshawn and Adrian do it this year. Why are we letting that guy do it? So it's like the same mentality. It's like, why aren't we bringing that every game? And you I know saw it was a moment too, they Mike. That every game. A moment was the uh, the first fifty six minutes of an NFC Championship game. I mean. I remember being out there in Seattle for that week leading up to the game, uh, which is which is wild to think a newspaper can just send, send you out to Seattle and cover the Seahawks. I, I remember right. talking to all those guys, you know, uh, Sherman and Chancellor and Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett and thinking they're going to smoke Green Bay. Green Bay is a softer finesse team. The Seahawks might win by three touchdowns. I wasn't around you guys leading up to that game. You know, McGinn and Silverstein are back uh, interviewing. I, I remember Tom or somebody said, no, this this could be a close close game. Maybe they got a feel for where you guys were at. And I'm getting a feel for where Seattle's at. And you and if you physically dominated the Seahawks. We were that pissed. Game. We were pissed. We, I'm going to tell you, we were pissed from that first game, right? One thing we did do well, we did hold grudges well. I know I held them. But we held grudge. We held grudges well. That's one thing I will say. We did do that well because Seattle they got the fail Mary on us. Then they beat us, like embarrassed us with the way they ran on us in the first game of the season that year. We came to that championship game and we were pissed, but it collapsed. How does that happen? You know, like, how do you even explain? That's one of the most insane games anybody will see be, in any lifetime. Because. That wasn't something that we were accustomed to doing. Now, when you watch that next year, we ended up top defense in the NFL by midpoint of the season because that carried over. And then the next year, now 
we're number one run defense by the time we go to uh Tennessee, which I gotta tell you about them two games. But by the time we go to Tennessee, and only reason we're not doing so well on the back end because we had a lot of injuries, a lot of new young guys playing, or else we lost Sam Shields first game of the season. Or else they would have been top five. We'd have had a top five defense. Because we finally started to get comfortable in it. Watch though that playoff game, those that playoff run in 2015. The way we beat up on the Redskins offense. The way we got after the Cardinals defense offense. But once again, because it was so out of our norm, the Cardinals were able to get us first play of the game in the overtime. It's a great way to put the Seattle game too. Like you're dominating them. Uh, picking off yeah. Russell Wilson, what, four times? Yeah. Shutting down Marshawn Lynch. But it it, it probably feels strange because this isn't something that you guys normally do, going into Seattle, beating them up. What do you mean by that? Like, it, we weren't accustomed to winning that way. And how we, did it just collapse at night? So we weren't accustomed to just being completely dominant on defense. We, Like I said, everything would happen in spurts, you know? But because that wasn't our identity to be dominant on defense, meant, you got to think the mind is an amazing thing. You know, that's why no matter what, the Ravens will always eventually have a great defense. Same with the Steelers. The Titans will always eventually be tough. The Cowboys will always eventually have a, a good O-line. The Eagles will always eventually be a tough team. The Packers will always eventually have great quarterback play. When you step into certain places, you know what's expected from you there. You go to play linebacker at Penn State, you're going to become great because in your mind, every day, you're like, yo, I'll play linebacker at Penn State. I have to make myself great. I have to be great. When you go to play line at Iowa, I have to be great. We are a lineman school. Same with Wisconsin. When you play DB or receiver at LSU or Texas, oh, I got to be great. When you go to Alabama, I got to be a first rounder. You see what I'm saying? It's like yeah. these schools have their um, their identity. I go to Oklahoma, oh, I got to be a great player. They have their identity. Boston College, I got to be tough. So now that's why guys come out of those programs, that mentality. So if you're a defensive guy and you go into Green Bay, the chances are you might lose some of that edge because it's – so once again, you're going in with that mentality, but then also the surrounding, you know, whole atmosphere encourages that. It encourages that. If you're a finesse guy and you go to Iowa, you're gonna come out as a physical player. Because now you're like, I'm at Iowa, I gotta be, I gotta be physical. And the atmosphere encourages that. Hey, you're at Iowa, we're physical. When we beat the Bears at the end of 2013, right? Aaron threw it to uh Cobb, that told me everything I needed to know. Because I'm on the bench, I'm a second year guy. And I'm on the bench, and I'm watching how great we're celebrating. And all I'm thinking is, is like, why was this game so close? All due respect to Jay Cutler, right? Who's a very good quarterback. Got my first sack one, right? <laughs> but he's a very good quarterback. But Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. I was always about matchups. Some of that arrogance, like, yo, there's no way. I should like this should be a competition between me and you. Not I'm looking down on you, but I'm saying I know what I can do. So I'm gonna make sure I give my best and do do my all and give my best so that I can show why this should never be a contest between us. Right? 
And because of Iowa, that was a mentality. You're not allowed to get blocked. You're not allowed to get blocked. And if you do, you better make, you better, you owe us. If that guy blocks that play, you owe us. You owe us. Look at Iowa now. Look, look at their defense this year. That's the, that's a, that's the program. It's the mentality. It, it does kind of transcend generations even. I mean, Green Bay's quarterback play has been so good for so long. Look at Jordan Love. Look at him. He's starting to step into that. I'm a Green Bay quarterback. You're right. But it's it is, it is, it's at the expense of, like, it's hard to just then say, wave a magic wand and say, all right, we're going to have this punch-in-the-mouth defense that's built for January simultaneous with all of this great quarterback play. It's kind of what you're getting at. Well, that's why New England did so great because it was legitimately like, oh, what is our DNA? What is our reputation? You're just going to do your job. That's it. We don't care about nothing else. That's why they're able to rotate vets in and out the door. That's why they're able to bring in guys with quote unquote character, you know, and get the most out of them. Right. Your story, those crazy too, Mike. Like you were, if I remember right, when you're a kid growing up, I mean, you're getting bullied bad, right? Like your transformation, it, it happened at Iowa. I think you went to Iowa, what, like 200, 210? And yet you work with Chris Doyle and that program. Yep. They're they're yep. always beefing guys up. But just take us yep. back to how did you get to this point? I always had a point to prove. And with that, naturally, that goes hand in hand with with competition. We played the Vikings and they're opening. Like I would look at certain things and I'd be like, all right, solid. Like Vikings open up their new stadium. Open up with us. I'm like, yo, they chose us, meaning that they chose us for homecoming. They say, hey, we're going to choose a game we know we can win, a big game we know we can win. Yo, I'm taking that personal. And people look at me like I got three eyes. Like, wait, what do you mean? What are you taking it personal for? I'm taking it personal because they said, hey, we're going to schedule this team. Oh, they didn't say all that. You're doing too much. You're tripping. And then we lose. Yeah. After shutting down Adrian Peterson, he had, what, three yards and then – Unfortunately, he got hurt, and we still lost. So it's like, <clears throat> um, I remember watching that playoff game. I'm all over the place, but I remember watching that playoff game, the Steelers and the Bengals. And I said, "Oh my God, that's how we need to be." And I gave the speech the next the next year against the Vikings. I said, "When are we going to hate our rivals the way the Steelers and the Bengals hate each other?" You guys looked at me like I was crazy. You know? And um that's that's what made it so tough, right? Cause I tell you right now, when I went to Detroit, the mentality before playing our rivals was we actually hate these guys. Like we hate, we we hate. We hate the Vikings because they're smutty. They they just think they had a couple of good games against us, against us, right? We hate the Bears because, yo, nah, nope. We're the more historic franchise. Screw you. And we hate the Packers because they're arrogant and they think they're better than us. In Green Bay, it was like, hey, these guys are our little brother. If they beat us, like, man, how'd that happen? That's not supposed to happen. It's a football game. Anything can happen. You see? Um. 
And when I went to Cincinnati, they hated the Browns. They hated the Steelers and they hated the Ravens. I've never felt that hate for my rivals until I got to Detroit. You need some hate in football, right? Until until you put the flags in, you're hitting the person in front of you. I, I don't know how you couldn't encourage that. That's kind of crazy to me that you, you wouldn't know, tap. I just assume that with the Packers, you're tapping into this. No. And that, well, Mike that just tried, wasn't the case. Mike tried to. It just never felt like it. But Mike tried to. He would put up, you know, uh, posters that said Division Week. And remember, I remember one time I said, Coach shouldn't have to put posters up to remind us who were who, – this is a divisional game this week. I wasn't talking bad about the posters. I was just saying that that shouldn't have to be done. You guys took care of the division, but it was San Francisco and Seattle, right? Maybe maybe you ramp up the hate for those games. No. We took care of the division until we didn't. <laughs> because if I remember correctly – do didn't we didn't win the division in 2015 you're right that was that was minnesota we didn't win it in 2016 i think you did in 2016 right that was i think that was aaron Rodgers' crazy run you guys beat detroit at the end of the year detroit was in control for a while we did we did we did did. but it was a dog fight to win it right yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) We didn't win it in 17 or 18. See what I mean? So I remember, like, I remember losing, like, having more or less a losing record against Detroit. I remember the Vikings defense just erasing us. You know, Zimmer just, you know, it just was a, was a really good defensive mind, you know. And the Bears... You know, any given Sunday, right? There's no way we're supposed to lose to them on Thanksgiving night. Just no way. I can make an argument for us losing to them in week one that year in 15, but that Thanksgiving night game, that game should not have been a loss. See what I'm saying? So it's like there's it was just such a weird dynamic because it, it, it felt like, oh, this is another game. It didn't feel like, hey, it's rivalry week. Let's go fight one of these fools. How do you look back at your Packers career first then, Mike? Because there were a lot of good times. You made a Pro Bowl. You were one of the best D tackles in the game, which we didn't even get into, but at your size, (laughs) right? There's nobody shaped like Mike Daniels out there, and you would just (laughs) – you you could dominate somebody that had 20, 30 pounds on you. Uh, But then you have – And four, four, five, six. Yeah, and four inches. (laughs) But, I mean, there's frustration because it sounds like the tone of this is what could have been. What if? If the if the mentality was just different, you're winning a Super Bowl, maybe two. Is it, do, do you look back at it more as the good old days or, shit, we really left uh, some meat on the bone? It's definitely the good old days. I, I had the time of my life playing for the Packers. I, I wanted to retire Packer. I mean, I'm going to retire Packer, but, like, I'm talking, like, play – all my years there, like, I never wanted to leave Green Bay. Ever. You know what I mean? Like, I loved it there. Green Bay is a second home. Straight up and down, man. Green Bay is one of my homes, man. I loved every bit of playing there. And this is just us going into things that it's like, hey, 
here's what kept us right from dominance, right from being great. But it's never a oh I couldn't stand it. I hit knives. Never that because I my some of my fondest memories, man, was playing in Green Bay. And because I loved right. it so much, that's why I wanted us to be great. Because I wanted, I, I watched how hard these guys work, you know? And I just wanted to see my brothers be able to sign a nice contract, go to the Pro Bowl, be NFL Top 100, be an All-Pro, get a Super Bowl ring. I wanted, I wanted my dudes to experience that type of stuff. I would be genuinely happy when a guy would sign a new deal, man. Get voted into the Pro Bowl, so I make Top 100. Being all pro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When Mike Pinnell won a Super Bowl with, with the Chiefs, I texted him, man. Like, I was happy, man. Wanted to see my guys experience that stuff. And then when guys got cut, man, it sucked. I, I, I hurt. I always try to reach out to guys when they got released. You know this what I mean? That you're speaking with, too. That if people are hearing it for the first time, like, this is how you talked in the moment, too. Day, day, day oh, one. Yeah. Although the first year, I think you were a little quieter. And then after that first year is when you really were yourself and kind of cut it loose. But this is how you felt in the moment. You could feel it. Like Mike Daniels is trying to zap energy into this defense and and really the entire team. Yeah. And and it's so funny to like hear you say that because you just never know how something looks from a guy on the outside looking in who's closer to the inside than the rest. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's true. I mean, that the year before, so it was 2011, that's when they went 15-1. and one. The defense right. forced a lot of turnovers, but, man, they gave up a ton of yards. And I think that was, like, the defensive yeah. draft that you were a part of, like Nick Perry. Yeah. You was at – Casey Hayward. Casey, Casey Hayward. Darrell Worthy. Darrell yeah. McMillan. Yeah, man, Terrell Manning. Oh, yeah. Yep. Before yeah, man. before I forget, though, to Cincinnati, I keep forgetting, you you were on that Super Bowl run team, and right in yes, 2021. Yes. So you mentioned the yeah. Luana Anarumo before the game against uh, the Raiders. What was that like? So you put Derek Carr up? It was like, I don't, I don't like the look on his face. Yeah, he just like, he just, something about it, he just felt like, and I think he might he might have been reaching a little bit, but just to get the guys fired up. You see what I'm saying? And and that's another thing, like guys bought in. See, I don't I don't know how much buying in there was in Green Bay because it was hard sometimes because some things like just like you know you'd be like, well that don't make sense. But if you ever watched the mic'd up with Mike Singletary when he was coaching with the Ravens, he sat Ray Lewis down and told him like, hey, there was times I hated the calls that I got too, but guess what? I couldn't let the guys know I didn't like the call. So I couldn't let them see, like, you know, I disagree with coach. See what I'm saying? So I think that's something that um, we all were guilty of. You know, there's a lot of things we weren't is with coaching. But at the end of the day, the coach is the coach. We're the players. We're supposed to support our coach. You see what I mean? Should, and, Lou, uh, should Lou get some opportunities to be a head coach? I mean, I've been around that team a little Absolute. bit. That defense what? is special. I, 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 I can't believe it's been this I long. Would say so. I would say so because Lou, Lou just – I've been very fortunate to be around really, really either legendary or great coordinators. See what I'm saying? And my only – not fear but concern would be like 
Look what Matt Patricia did with the Patriots, right? Smart guy and whatnot. And then he gets the head coaching job, and now it's not just creating a defensive scheme, right? He goes from all the guys that played for him in New England texting me and saying, yo, Matty P, that's my boy. You're going to love that dude. To the guys that was in Detroit, you know, kind of airing their grievances and stuff. And I'm like, how do you get two different narratives, right? Well, what's the difference? Different positions. The coordinator, everybody loved him. Head coach, you know, guys express how they felt, you know, to the media and stuff. So it's like with Lou, and that's the thing with coordinators, you just, you would hate to see them be in that position of like, wow, he's a great coordinator, but, you know, it, it doesn't really translate when he's a head coach. And that's something that you, you know, you just never know with a guy, I guess. But with that being said, Lou definitely needs, deserves an opportunity. I, I said they need to build a statue for him outside of Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I said that if we win the Super Bowl, right? But I, I still say it because what he did with what he has, right? He's got those guys playing lights out, man. You know, if you got a bunch of A plus and A players and they're giving you, you know, D, D plus, C minus effort, what good are they? If you got a bunch of B players, B minus players, and they're giving you that every single play, hard work beats talent when talent don't work hard, man. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's Cincinnati defense in the nutshell. Those guys get after it. They get after it. And yeah, Lou deserves an opportunity. He deserves a shot. And I love to see it for him, man. I love to see it for him because I love playing for him. Dude. No Joe Burrow, but, I mean, that's a team that I, I think could still make a push because of that defense. The coaches, they have an offense. I mean, they're figuring it out as we talk here right now. Who knows? I mean, the AFC's wide open. They're a good, solid team. Solid team. There's a lot of plug and play that happens on that team that a lot of guys don't see, you know, like it, like like kind of like the, the the New England model. And yeah. I remember Lou told me that when they were, um, you know, go, when they were in the process of signing me, he said, "We're we're really basing how we do things off of the, the New England model, and that's do your job, do your job." And in Detroit. It was the same thing, but like I said, there was like, you know, it, it just wasn't, just did not like, it was doing this, you know. The, the but the times it did dichotomy, that. It's like, guys, so we had a big story on the Lions, Patricia to Dan Campbell. Tracy Walker was uh, fairly honest with me, reliving <laughs> yeah, the Patricia Yeah, Tracy, that's days. my guy. <laughs> He's great. And he, he, I mean, not just him, everybody said this, that, <laughs> Like Matt Patricia in in the hallways was a good dude. Like he's somebody also, that you'd want to talk to and get a beer yo, with. Yo, he was, and then you get on the practice field and you mad, hate his guts. Yeah. yeah. I think with Matt, like I loved everything about him, like everything about him. And even some of his on field stuff, because I, you know, I'm cut from that cloth. I get it, right? I think 
it just rubs some guys the wrong way because it might've been too much right with him. He was still learning. And I think if he would have potentially had another year, I think he would have figured out, okay, let me pull back a little bit. Cause, because when you're trying to establish something, you're trying to like, you know, make sure uh, you have guys like buying in. Right. And that's sometimes that comes with, like an iron fist to really establish like the, the tone, right. The standard, so to speak. Unfortunately in the NFL, that's tough to do because you may get kicked back, right. You may feel like, yo, I might have to do more than needed. Right. And with Matt, it was definitely like, I mean, we think very similar, like, yo, I got it. Let's go. Let's just keep going. Like, got to grind, got to grind, got to grind. But when you're like a leader, everybody doesn't think like that. And everybody doesn't function well like that. So even though like you might be a grinder, <clears throat> everybody isn't like that. So you got to cater to everybody. Hey, maybe I need to take a week where the guys are just in helmets all week. Because that guy who isn't a grinder might say, oh, shoot, coach threw me a bone? Okay, well, you know what? I got you, coach. I got you, coach. I got you, coach. Yo, I appreciate that, coach. I got you. See what I'm saying? Matt started to understand that um, because the, his first year, they said it wasn't like that was just grind, but the next year he kind of pulled back, and then even the year after that, he did it more, and that's why I said I feel like if he had another year, which they made the move when they needed to make, because Dan Campbell's doing amazing, but I think if he would have had another year, he would have really got to get a good flow of things. And that's the tough thing about being a coach. You got to figure it out in them three years, maybe two, maybe one. And with being a coach, it's all about establishing your program, your mentality, right? And that's why I say a team reflects the coach. Reflects the coach. You got to establish your DNA uh, to your players. And that's hard to do with – 50 plus men in uh, two years, two or three it years. Is. So that's tough, man. That's tough. Before I lose you, yeah. we need a Packers outlook. What, what, what are you seeing in the Packers the rest of the way? Uh, I, I'm seeing they're finally getting comfortable with Aaron no longer being there. That's what I'm seeing. And as crazy as it sounds, I said, I see them winning a Super Bowl once Aaron left. Yeah, you're not going to have Hall of Fame quarterback play anymore. But what you're going to have is a different mentality. Like I said, that Bears game, 2013, all guys were celebrating. We won the division. We in the playoffs. And I'm like... That's fine, but this game shouldn't have been that close. Why was it that close? You know? So that's that's where my mind would be. Why was it that close? I can't celebrate because this game shouldn't have got to this point. Now, that's um, that's like what yo 
I, I can't celebrate. Okay, good. All right, we won. Let's fix everything that made this game that close. That's my mentality. So that's um that's that's just that's tough, brother. That's Maybe tough, they gotta man. bring Mike um, Daniels in for a motivational well, speech. I, uh, I think that's the I answer. Mean, I, I look, I do it. Cincinnati bought me back for the rookie talent show last year. <laughs> but <laughs> really like I said, yeah. But like I said with Aaron, when he was there, that was like I call that the Aaron effect. It's like, hey, Aaron's healthy. We're finally good to win now. Good. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, we won. Yes. Yes, because Aaron's back. How about yo, we won because Guys came to play. See? So I think with – and that's why New England was so great because there wasn't a, oh, my God, we got time. It was, yo, just do your job. So now when Aaron's gone, now is no longer, oh, man, that's okay. We got Aaron. It's, oh, my God. Yo, everybody, we let, let's turn it up. Let's turn it up. A lot of people don't realize – me and Devontae went to the Pro Bowl the year that Aaron was hurt. There was no fanfare. Like, the Packers are doing great. Everybody's on their team's going to get voted in because they're all doing so good. There wasn't any, you know, we were bottom in a lot of different categories. It was like, yo, okay, he's not here. So what? Let's go play ball. Let's win. Let's go win the Super Bowl. And that's what the Bengals is that's what the Bengals are doing right now. Yeah. Joe Burrow's not playing. So what? It was and deflating whenever Aaron went down. You could feel it. I, I wasn't around that twenty seventeen season, but that was the case in, in thirteen. You you could just feel the life sucked out of that locker room when he went down. And so when Matt Stafford got because I was there to watch Burrow and Stafford get hurt. I was there for both. When Matt Stafford was hurt and we had to rely on, I think it was uh, David Blau and a couple other guys, uh, Josh Johnson one game, uh, um, the mentality was like, all right, and let's go play. Matt, we want you to get better, babe. We love you. And we're praying once you're healing. But let's go play. Oh, you guys only won three, four games that year. I'm not talking about wins loss. I'm talking about the mentality. Right? So we look at the Bengals, that year that Joe got hurt in Washington, right? Okay, yo, man. All right, Joe's hurt. Okay, cool. Joe, we love you, baby. Yo, we're going to pray for you once you get better. Let's go win some more games. Turned around and beat Deshaun Watson when he was lightened up at the Texans. Turned around and beat the previously 11-0 Steelers on Monday night. See what I'm saying? It was a mentality that said, we don't give up. You know, You know what I mean? We that, don't. That was, the, that was the big bang moment for the Bengals, too, against the Steelers that Monday night, right? Yeah. Juju dancing on the logo. Von Bell lights him up. That's what I'm saying. There was no, how are we going to respond? Big Brother's in here. It's like, no, let's get this thing done. That year, Aaron went down in 17. We very well should have beat the Saints because we got up on them. And how about this? We really should have beat the Steelers. Oh, yeah. See what I mean? The Packers are going to do very well, to answer your question. And what's 
happening with them is everybody's getting used to Aaron. There's no, like, guys are really getting used to, wow, Aaron's not here anymore. Because you can go through a whole offseason and everything without him. You can physically watch him on TV in another team's uniform and stuff. But when that first game hits and you're on defense and you're like, whoa, why are we going back on the field? Three and out, what's that? <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Or when you're on offense and the ball might not be exactly where you used were used to it. Now, they have a lot of younger receivers, so that helps. O-line, it just changes so much. And I believe the Packers have finally made that adjustment, and that's allowed them Jordan to play better, and eventually they'll all play better. And I think the Packers will be back to being the Packers. I think you just solved the uh, psychology of the Green Bay Packers, Mike Daniels. That was Let me eloquent. tell you something. During that Super Bowl run, I, they, I was on the practice squad, but Zach said he wanted to bring me back because he understood how important I was to that team in that locker room. And I'm like, Zach, I've only been here for a year and a half. He said, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I'm like, that's a compliment. You, you know what I mean? And they asked me to give all the team speeches before every game. And at one point, I told Joe Burrow and Sam Hubbard, I said, guys, I can't do this anymore. I'm not playing. I don't feel right. That's why you said that. Mike, you didn't talk like your rookie year. Yeah, because I wasn't playing. I wasn't doing anything. And they said, no, you're the emotional leader of this team. You're speaking. When the playoffs came, I said, yo, y'all got it. It, 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 it. It's playoffs. I'm not playing. You guys got it. I'm good. I just didn't feel right, you know, but that's what they wanted. And I had to respect them. Right. So, yeah, there was a lot of psychological building behind the scenes when I was in Cincinnati. I love it, man. And just tell them, tell the people like what you're up to today here before uh, we sign off. Like uh, they can find you. You're pretty active on social media, right? Yeah. I got my, I don't even know my Twitter handle. My Instagram name is Mike Daniels. You know, this is my name. And uh, you'll know me by the black Saiyan guy going Super Saiyan, uh, at black anime avatar, because why show my face? Everyone knows what I look like. Let me put an anime profile picture, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, right. but um, uh, my my Twitter, I believe, is Mike underscore Daniel 76. Right now, I'm, um, you know, I got a, some guys in high school I'm training, a couple college guys, and just really trying to help them uh, – be the best them they can be, you know, defensive linemen, of course. Love it. This was unbelievable. And you are welcome back anytime, man. Let's do it. We'll get, uh, get your old pal Bob McGinn on here too. Maybe you can uh, share some old war stories. Oh, no, I definitely love to answer Bob's questions. (laughs) Yeah. I can be a little more unfiltered now. Right. (laughs) But what you heard is probably about as unfiltered as I'm going to get, you know, it's it's never going to grade this. He's going to grade your performance. He's gonna, now, he's gonna... I, I would love that from him because he's an OG in this thing, right? It's never about throwing people under the bus. Never about being big, lofty statements. Because when I would say we're going to yeah. punch them in the mouth, I legitimately felt like we were going to do that. <laughs> you know, so beautiful. if I ever said something, I firmly felt in my heart, yeah, we are going to be great. And then when we weren't, it's like, you're just talking out your butt. No, I said it because I felt that. I generally yeah. felt that's what we were going to be. So, you know. That's what it is. But Ty, man, it's been awesome catching up, bro. 
I know I talked a lot, but I know that's what you wanted. So, oh yeah, um, that's great. We'll definitely, we'll definitely uh, uh, catch up again, man. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.